Hey everyone, welcome to season two of the Life by Design Intentional Wellness Podcast with Tracy, Debbie, and Paula, three friends who have a love for learning and an inquiring spirit for living a happy, healthy life. We are so glad you can join us as we discover together how to be our best physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Friends, we are on the journey with you. We're not doctors or experts in wellness. We are just collaborators, partnering with you, our listeners, to live a healthy, happy life in this chaotic world. Life by Design Intentional Wellness is for information sharing only. Don't take it as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Make sure to work with your healthcare providers to determine the best way forward for your situation. This is the first part of a two-part podcast. Well, welcome back to the Life by Design Intentional Wellness Podcast. This is Paula, and I'm here with my podcast friends, Tracy and Debbie. Um, We hope that you, our listeners, are enjoying hearing our podcast topics on mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual wellness. And we hope that these topics have inspired and challenged you to be even more intentional about your own well-being. So ladies, it's so good to be back with you as we explore yet another wellness topic. Yes. Nice to see you guys again. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm sure that you have all heard this question. What's in your wallet? Uh, <laughs> isn't that like a, a Capital One advertisement or something? I think so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, today I'm going to ask a slightly different question. What's in your cup? So friends, what is in your cup? I I feel like this should be a tagline of the tagline for our podcast, Life by Design, Intentional Wellness, What's in Your Cup? So (laughs) let me explain. Let me explain what I mean by this. Okay. So I was listening to the K-Love radio station the other day when I was taking a walk. And just as a side note, I like to share my uplifting, positive Christian music with anyone who I pass. So I'm not wearing earphones. I'm just blaring my music as loud as I can be as I'm walking down the street. And I like to just give God all the glory for his amazing creation. So anyway, the other day, I'm walking down the street and listening to K-Love. And the radio personality was talking about how he spilled coffee on himself that day and his wife sent him this text that said what's in your cup (laughs) and he said so he started thinking about it and he said you know we have a choice of what we put in our cups we can put love and compassion in our cups or we could put anger and hostility we can put joy and contentment or we can put unhappiness and complaining. So it's really a choice, right? What we decide to put in our cups. So this made me think about our podcast and the topic of uh, for today, which is resilience. Because I believe, and ladies, you tell me if you see differently, but practically every topic that we've discussed on this podcast comes down to choice. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about it, we have choice to show gratitude. We have a choice to demonstrate kindness or grace, to take care of our physical bodies through exercise and healthy eating. 
And even when we don't have a choice, such as with an illness or a broken relationship or something like that, we still have a choice about how to respond to those situations. And that is the same with resilience. I agree. I agree. I I would agree with that as well. (laughs) Good. I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) Uh, We'll see if you continue to agree. So, (laughs) so Debbie and Tracy, before I share some definitions of resilience, I'm just curious. Do you think that someone is born with resilience or can they develop resilience? What are your thoughts? I'm very opinionated on this thing. I don't think, and I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. I don't think anybody is born with resilience. And the reason I say this is because I think you need to face some adversity or some challenges before you can even pull resilience out of your toolbox here. Yeah. I think the word resilient, at least the way I define it, I know you're going to have a formal definition of it is like recovering or coming back from something or breaking through, Mm -hmm. like having kind of like a breakthrough about something. I think people can be strong-willed and they can, but that can be misconstrued as resilient. But I think those two are two different things. Like I think you can be born strong-willed, like have a strong will, but I don't think that's resilience. I think more resilience is a frame of mind. And, And I think we've discussed in other podcasts, and in fact, I think you brought it up, Paula, that you, like, I don't know if you know what you're made of unless you have are challenged in a certain respect. You don't know what the good things are until maybe you've had a few things that are not so good. You know, like you need the comparison. You need that some sort of, and I think that's the same thing with resilience. Like you need to have some sort of challenge that makes you uh, resilient. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's my big opinionated how I feel about it and a little of passion around that yes I don't think I don't think you're born with it at all so you would have thought that we talked about this before we you know started recording but we didn't and ironically I feel the same way so I I was thinking about that and I really don't think people are born with resilience because at first I thought well really might they be born with it But then when I looked at a definition and it's about rebounding and what if you don't, if you're just born or as you go through life, but you've never bounced back or gotten over a difficult situation, how do you know that you have resilience? You could say you do, but that doesn't mean anything because you don't have that example to use as what makes you resilient. Mm -hmm. I like the word strong-willed. Because I think sometimes, like like as children, we don't really think about it, right? We don't think like, oh, I have to be resilient. Just things happen and we respond to them. Mm -hmm. And I think as we get older, we start kind of analyzing like what's going on. So I think as children, we may be more strong-willed or there's like a, you know, the um, on a spectrum, you know, there could be people who are are more strong kids who are more strong willed than others, but it's not necessarily resilience. Um, but we do as kids have to respond to things that are happening. And then as we get older, 
we tap into those experiences that Tracy was talking about and Debbie mentioned too. So thank you both for your answers. I also agree with you. I, I don't think that someone's born. I think that like Tracy said, we can be born more or less strong-willed, but resilience comes, I believe, with time and experience. And you know, can I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I had one thing is really as a kid, I think that you're actually building it. Like mm-hmm. when you're riding your bike and then you fall off and it's right. your choice to get back on the bike. And yeah. so I think you start to build it. And those and are then, the experiences and they like, yeah. today they like to us, they might, those experiences today may seem minor, like, Oh, you right. know, my bike, but as a three or four or five-year-old, that's not minor, but yeah. Right. So where you're starting to tap like have those experiences that you can relate to as you get older absolutely yeah Yeah. so the research that I saw says that you can definitely develop resilience and so let me just share some definitions of what I found in different articles so in an article by the American Psychological Association that was entitled building your resilience. So right there, the article tells you, you can build it and develop. Right. Author defines resilience as the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, or significant sources of stress. So adapting well. And this article goes on to say that as much as resilience involves bouncing back from difficult experiences, It can also involve profound personal growth, and it states that anyone can learn and develop resilient behaviors and actions. They liken it to building a muscle. It takes time and intentionality. So I love that, you know, it it can also involve profound personal growth. I love that thought because, you know, we go through sometimes these difficult times and we come out the end a little bit stronger, maybe a little bit wiser, whatever the case might be, but a little bit different and a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned this website several times. It's called gotquestions.org. Mm-hmm. And it's a Christian website. If you have any Bible questions, you go into gotquestions.org and they have all the answers for you. And they have a definition of resilience that I absolutely love. And they say that resilience is the human heart's ability to suffer greatly and grow from it. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I was like, wow, that really sums it up. Absolutely. (laughs) And then in a Harvard Health Publishing article that was entitled Ramp Up Your Resilience, the author states that being resilient is a skill that can be learned and sharpened. So there we go. The article also suggests that being resilient is important throughout life, but especially in older years, ladies, <laughs> as we face- Why did you say that, Paula? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you referring? I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> so they're saying as we get older, we face more significant transitions, such as health issues, job and income changes- loss of loved ones, and isolation. So they said how we adjust to these challenges in our lives will impact our life and how it looks as we move forward. So they said we have a choice. Here we come, right? This is filling your cup. We have a choice to either just survive 
or to thrive. So again, I, I just really like that because it's like that motivation of, you know, well, going through a difficult time, I could just get through it or I can learn something from it and make myself even better. So when I was reading all of these definitions and really thinking about like the emphasis on growing and developing and making yourself better, I started thinking like instead of resilience as referring to as being as bouncing back, I was thinking of it more like bouncing forward, you know, nice. that we're going, we're not going back to the place we were before the setback that we're actually better than we were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why should we care about being resilient? I was thinking a lot about this topic because, and you ladies know, because I've shared a lot, you know, recently I've had a lot going on in my own life that made me think about resilience. So family members that are dealing with health issues, just lost a friend from cancer, um, and even just the whole chaos in the whole world, right, that's surrounding us. So clearly we all experience stress and setbacks in our lives. And again, we have a choice to respond to them in either a destructive way, you know, where we could turn to drugs, alcohol, overeating, you know, behaviors that are more destructive or in a positive manner that allows us to grow. So Debbie and Tracy, what do you think are the benefits of being a resilient person? Oh my goodness. There's so many benefits. <laughs> I, I just think if you're a resilient person, you handle stress better. Yeah, I think really overall your health is better. If the more resilient you are that, and you don't give up and you're still growing and it doesn't matter how old you are. So yeah, I just think the benefits are endless. I think a big thing for me about resilience is you're not a victim. You yeah. are always faced with the decision to continue to try or not try. Sometimes it's not about doing anything. It's about acceptance and maybe a willingness to change something that's not working for you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, by, you know, trying, you know, getting in there and saying, okay, I'm going to give it one more try. I'm going to do yeah. something different that, you know, is going to help me with the situation. No, how, no matter how difficult it is, you're, you're not the, you're not a victim of your circumstances, you know? Yeah. That's I a great that a lot. I mean, and again, yeah. if you have a victim mentality, that's dealing with those things happening in your life in a more destructive way, not so much of a a healthy, positive way. Yeah. Um, so you you guys are right. There are tons of um, benefits for being resilient. And, um, you know, I've read in the literature that resilience is associated with longevity, lower rates of depression, and a greater satisfaction with life overall. Mm -hmm. And another way to look at it is a lack of resilience can lead to different health challenges like high blood pressure, a weakened immune system, anxiety, depression, insomnia, heartburn, indigestion, and heart disease. So mm -hmm. as I'm 
listing those, I'm like, well, if that's not enough to convince someone to develop resiliency, I don't know what will. <laughs> I know, my gosh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sounds good. Because I don't wow. know that stuff. Um, you know, as much as you could control it. So, you know, and again, it's, it's very much associated with the attitudes that we choose. So what we choose to put in our cups. Do we choose to have more, you know, we, we already talked about positivity. Do we choose to have a positive outlook? Do we choose to show gratitude? Do we choose to show kindness to others? All of those things build your resilience and how you approach the stressors in, in your life. You know, that is so true because a friend of mine was just told that, and it really, I don't know if it related to resilience, but it's how the news was accepted is what the response was, is my friend was told that your blood pressure is high. Now you really need to start taking medication. Well, that could have been kind of a bit of a blow mm -hmm. to, oh, well, I'm getting old, I'm falling apart, but you could go down a different path. But instead, my friend decided, okay, well, I'll take the medication. But then there was the benefits of I'm going to continue to work out and I'm going to continue to have a better attitude. And he's not going to use that information to continue to tear himself down. So while there's, you have the getting older and maybe some depression and those kinds of things sink in, but like my friend is, no, it's, I'm still going to keep going. And I just think that showed a form of resilience. Yeah, I definitely. agree. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Because again, it's a choice of, am I going to meet this head on and try to, you know, accept it or maybe even change it based yeah. on if I exercise some more or eat differently or whatever, as opposed to, oh no, life is, you know, over and I have to take this medicine. What else is going to happen? Yeah, it's just, it's definitely how we frame those kinds of situations. And that's why I was saying that there are times that we get things in our life that we can't control. We may not be able to control a diagnosis or, you know, that that isn't something that we can just say, I'm, I'm going to change that, but it's how we respond to it. Do we respond in a way of, all right, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to try to, what can I do to make it even a little bit better? I always pray. My prayer always is, Lord, if I'm, you know, hand it something that isn't pleasant, just, I want to be able to respond with grace. Like, you know, when you get something good, when a prayer is answered and it's, and it's good, of course, you're like, you're, there's grace, you know, you're happy, you're excited about it. But when you have like, even the things that have been going on in, in my life with family illnesses and, you know, do I respond? I want to respond with grace. I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't know why this is happening, but I trust you. And, you know, I'm going to try to just, what can I do to serve? How can I help? And so it's just, it's just kind of going back to the values. And we'll talk about that as a strategy for resilience. It's going back to value, my values, which, you know, grace and gratitude is about my values. So Anyway, yes, it is definitely how you approach what comes your way. And your example, Debbie, was definitely an example of resilience. So speaking of examples, lady, <laughs> ladies, remember the the little definitions that we I shared, and you both you have your own 
just the way that you have thought about resilience. But, you know, the gotquestions.org that says resilience is the human heart's ability to suffer greatly and grow from it. American Psychological Association said it's the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, and significant sources of stress. So those definitions and just how and your own thoughts about resilience, can you guys think about a time when you had to tap into your resilience? And if you're willing, I would love for you to share the situation and then what you specifically did. So I have a few different things, but I'm going to go for kind of a, some, some things are going on a little too fresh for me right now. So I'm just going to go to something. Well, when I had, I have back problems and I had some back problems and I was going through my second set of physical therapy for my back problems. And I just remember I was in just feeling miserable and in such pain. And I had, I was going to this new physical therapist and I was wondering, I just, I don't even feel like I want to move today. I don't want to get out of bed. It hurts too bad. I don't think I'm going to move today, but I summoned the strength up. I drove myself there and I got to the physical therapist and she was a wonderful therapist who was able to do some manual manipulation. And I felt better than I had in several weeks. And so I thought now if I had canceled, I would have not received the benefits from the session. And I still have some issues with my back, but I was good after completing physical therapy with that therapist for like a few months, like before I ever had any sort of recurrence. So I, you know, that evidence of that, like I continued to stretch and try other things because I have that evidence of how things could be better by trying by doing something. And so that was just, you know, I think of that, you know, tapping in when you're really feeling bad, like going there, like tapping into, I keep moving, you know, I, I can do it. And you might get some help along the way. Like I was very fortunate. I had the help of this physical therapist and she was wonderful. So, you know, you don't know what lies around the corner for you, but if you give up, you know, or don't try anything new or don't try to make the situation better. You, you'll never know. So right. exactly. Yeah, that's a good example. It is a great example. I think for me, I'm going to use actually, instead of an example from myself, I just am so impressed with my own daughter and how resiliency has just been part of her life. And I say that because when she was 12 and she played soccer, she got injured on the field. And so we had to take her, rush her to the doctors and she tore her ACL in her knee. And so then there was her first surgery and she is a very determined and resilient person because she followed the doctor's orders, the physical therapist orders to get it back to where she could play in sports again. But she changed sports since soccer didn't work so well, although she was super good. So she switched to basketball. When she was all healed, she which took about two years, then she tried basketball and she was doing great, so athletic. And then she was playing on the court and she got injured. And then it was her other knee 
So went through the whole surgery again. She was very diligent and recovered from that. Again, back to playing sports. We had the same orthopedic surgeon and she again switched sports and started with lacrosse. And so she loved lacrosse and she was in high school and she was hoping to play it in college. But during a game, she got injured, uh, re or didn't re-injure, but she hurt something else in the first knee. So now she's on her third knee surgery. And this was all her drive. And she again went through the whole process, rehabilitation, listened to a T of what she needed to do to get back on the field. But we had a heart to heart with the surgeon. And he said, when he said, well, what do you want to do? And she said, well, it's, I don't know, this isn't working out so well. And it was a shame because he truly was a, just a great athlete. But the doctor said, how about you try swimming or running? You can just run in one direction. And that didn't appeal to her. So she did give up her sports. But I was so impressed with her resilience throughout this entire process that she started college at 17, having gone through all three of these surgeries and is great. But now she's much more careful and she doesn't do sports that you know, involved switching from side to side, but she still has a great, great attitude. She just knows her limitations. Those are both excellent examples <laughs> of resilience. And thank you for sharing those and just describing like what the situation was and what you guys did or what your daughter did, Deb. So I want to go over, the literature has a lot of different strategies or behaviors that demonstrate resilience. So I'm going to go over five of them. These are the five common ones that I found as I've been reading about resilience. And I want to compare them to the behaviors that you both talked about. So the first strategy that is very common is lean on your social network or, or join a group. So friends, family, a church community, your neighbors, literature says connecting with people who are sympathetic and understand can help you to know that you're not alone as you go through a difficult time. So, you know, when I think about that, I mean, definitely Tracy, you know, you just going to your physical therapist was, you know, leaning on that network, that social network, going to someone that you knew could help. And I think Deb with your daughter, she did the same thing, right? And oh yeah. Yeah. She yeah. she developed relationships not only with her her surgeon, who was like part of her team of getting her well, but her physical therapist, because they're used to seeing her. So she really did lean on her network. And her teammates were great. Yeah, so your social network is critical. And also as an aside, I just want to put a plug into in about this. Don't be afraid to ask for help. There are there are people who, I don't know what it is. I want to label it. Like I don't know if it's pride. I don't know if it's just, you know, want, wanting to keep things closed. I'm not sure. But I, when I talk to people, there are people out there that are like, well, I don't feel comfortable asking for help. 
And I just have a different perspective about that because when we ask somebody for help, we're giving that person the opportunity to be blessed. You know, don't when we help people, don't we feel like we feel good, right? It I feels mean, so good. Somebody, we don't want to ask for help. We're actually taking the opportunity for that other person to be blessed away from them. And so I would encourage people to not be afraid. And and I'll just share a quick example. Just a, a week or so ago, we had a family emergency and the neighbors came out and they said, you know, just, we were, had to go to the hospital and they said, just let us know when you're on your way home from the hospital and we'll order you food. And, you know, we're like, oh no, you know, we don't want to trouble you. So no, just call us and let us know. So when we were leaving the hospital, we were exhausted. And I said, let's, let's call the neighbors. Let's let them order us food. And I'll tell you what, when we showed up in front of the house and they came out with these pizza boxes and cupcakes, <laughs> I could have cried. I mean, I was so grateful because we were so tired and it was just so nice to have food, warm food waiting for us. And they, and so we were blessed, but they were blessed too, because they wanted to help. They, they like, what can we do? Cause they felt like, you know, they were helpless. Like they didn't, they wanted to help and they didn't know how, and just, just that to get us some food was such a blessing to them. So I just encourage you, um, don't be afraid to reach out to that network and ask for help when you need it. That is such a good example. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. I, I'm lucky I have a network of friends and family that I can do. Hopefully you, you've built a network of friends and family that you can reach out to and that you can do for as well, you know. Exactly. Thank you for going along on the ride with us today as we pursue ways to intentionally live our best lives with purpose and meaning. We want to hear from you, our companions on the journey of designing a life of intentional wellness. Visit our website at www.life-by-design-int.com and let us know what you think about the podcast. We invite you to share your story, suggest a topic for discussion, and rate this in previous podcast episodes. Share our podcast with your friends because our desire is to build a community dedicated to a life designed with meaning and value.